Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are at the end of our greatest hits session month era. We've been giving each other the gifts of greatest hits. Matt, you gave us ministry. I gave you guys Sloan. And Jenny, you decided, you said there's only one gift you wanted to give us. And that was the gift of Mariah. That's right. You picked Mariah Carey. The Greatest Hits album is number one to infinity. We're going to talk all about this album. We're going to talk all about Mariah Carey tonight on the show. And I hope you guys are ready for it. This is a new moment for the Roach Coach podcast. We've it's never, a new world. We've never, we've never flown this close to the sun, and I'm very excited. But before we get into Mariah, Mimi, we've got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? And more importantly, who's on the list? Who's listing? Who's listing? Revolver Mag is listing and they gave us their 25 best albums of 2020 got a text message from lauren with this list and he said new metal's back baby i love to text new metal is back to jenny to matt i've gotten that text more than once i love to send that text sometimes i throw if something if something gives me that new metal is back vibe i'll throw it up on our twitter or on facebook I just want to remind everybody, New Metal, it's back. New Metal is back, baby. And Jenny, I mean, let's let's start let's start at the top. Number one album. Ohms. Deftones. Deftones. Straight number one. Number one with a bullet. Incredible. Incredible. I saw that and I said, the boys, they did it again. They done get done did it again. Yeah. This list is a hot list of rippers. I'm just going to run down a couple on here that have ties. Code Orange underneath it, too. That record is all over the place, but has a lot of new metal touches. Number four, Body Count Carnivore. If you guys want to have an incredible time, you need to listen to Carnivore. This record rips. This record made you laugh. This record makes me think. It's got it all. And it is, of course, produced... But the Man of Fire, Will, Will Putney. Incredible shit. Uh, you got Loathe on this list. Everybody's been telling us about Loathe. It's got, it's got, and then it's, this is going to tie in to the next section. Jenny, it's called, Who is Vindicated? <laughs> Who's Vindicated? And the answer, Do you want me to read it? Because you write yes, this list. Yes, so yes, yes, please, Lauren, Jenny. who writes this list, added Who's Vindicated and then named himself. <laughs> That's right. Lauren is vindicated. I'll read it right from the list. For being right, that bring me the horizon is new metal. <laughs> Thank you. You're so In- welcome. Indeed. I uh I had tweeted recently. I was in the grocery store and I heard a Bring Me the Horizon song. And I was like, Bring me the horizon, getting played at Kroger. That can only mean one thing. And that is new metal is back. And I said it out. Felt great about it. And some people were excited that I said it. And they retweeted it. And then some motherfucker rolled in and was like, uh, excuse me? 
bring me the horizon. No. And he wanted to get into semantics conversation with me. But I had already stated my case, which is that new metal, it's back. It's back. It's back. Mm-hmm. Bring me the horizon. It's being played at the grocery store. New metal, back. But he wanted to get into semantics with me. So I said, well, I'll play the semantics game with you. Went over to the old Wikipedia. Went down to this little thing called genre tags and genres for Bring Me the Horizon. Screen capped that where it said new metal along with a bunch of the other things that those guys do. Threw that bad boy up. I said, there you go. But some people weren't happy with that. So then, like a gift from above, in a year that could use a couple gifts from above, Bring Me the Horizon drop a new EP, their quarantine pandemic EP called Post-Human Survival Horror, number seven on the Revolver list. This thing, new metal, AF, with at least seven Fs. That's right, for seven strings. This fucking thing. I've been listening to it since it dropped multiple times. This thing rips and rips and rips. Matt, have you had a chance to listen to this yet? I have not. We got to do a taste. I was trying to think about what song is going to get my point across best. I was dumping around, jumping around. And I really think we just got to start with the first song, which is called Dear Diary. All right. Here we go. Dear Diary. So this is post-human survival horror? Yeah, that's correct. And here's the track, Dear Diary. The rare solo. The guitar solo. The rare solo in a song we consider new. This thing rips and it doesn't let up. This thing, track to track to track, just going for it. Touching on all the touch tones. Linkin Park. Deftones. Giving you the little corn touches. It's all in there. Is there a song... About sheeple needing to wait the fuck up? Oh, yes. It's called Obey. You guys. This thing. Oh, and what does it close with? A duet with Amy Lee. Oh, there you go. That's pretty new. That's pretty new. I'm telling you. If you want a bunch of rippers to rip your fucking face off and also know that I am vindicated, check out the new Bring Me the Horizon. (laughs) All right, Lauren, I mean, I hope that you isolate this piece of audio and share it (laughs) to close out the argument on the old Twitter over there. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Well, Uh, yeah, Jenny, please. 
We should also mention Poppy is on this list as well. She is. She and is. Congrats to our sweet girl Poppy. Indeed. I have been waiting patiently for a very Poppy Christmas to arrive. Um, because it will. I have ordered it. It is on my way. She did you know that Poppy made a Christmas album? I did. I listened to that. Yes. It's okay. It's you know. It's I mean it's, it's, it's not, not concrete. It's not concrete. It's not I disagree. But I mean it's Poppy. You it's know Poppy. Yeah. But it's and a delight. It is. I mean I mean it's it is once again, it's like what did I could feel like somebody being like, well, wait, this is it and her being like what the fuck did you expect? You know? But then again, she wouldn't even say that. She will not talk to you. If you go to her meet and greet, Pop- Poppy was already thinking, Poppy could still do her meet and greets now. She's away from everybody. She doesn't touch you. She's behind a, she's in a coffin. There you go. She was thinking it through. It's still the smartest thing anyone's ever done. Uh, <laughs> really? So insanely smart. So smart. <laughs> Well, I think we need to talk about something else as well. Yeah, I agree, with Jenny. Uh, and that's called Who's Thinking? Who's Thinking? Who is? It's us. And we're thinking everyone who tagged us on their Spotify wrapped lists. It really is something else to see all these alerts, all these tags, all these push notifications, everybody letting us know how much they love the show and listen to the show so much. It's we make the show to be heard, but it is still something to know that like people are spending like just a whole day listening to nothing but the show. I mean, it's kind of weird to wrap my head around, but I, at the same time, thank you so much. It's incredible. So you know, thank you to everybody uh, who uh, sent those over to us. It meant a lot. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was overwhelmed by how much time people spent with us this year. And uh, it's humbling to say the least to see some people spend like nearly a day <laughs> with us in audio form. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty damn cool. Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. The Midwestern woman in me wants to apologize for something, but I just don't know what. So I guess I'll just thank <laughs> Can you. Can we talk to Midwest mom for a minute? Yeah. Hey, what Midwest do you need? mom. Um, here's some news. Uh, People okay. really enjoy what you, what uh, what we've been doing here. Oh, you stop it! Go to bed. Go to bed. No one listens to this. Don't listen to me. Oh, oh. come on! Don't do oh, it. Oh, don't. Just remember to keep it humble. Uh, you it's, know. Uh, yeah, I gotta go. She's got to go. Well, yeah, so thank you, everybody who tagged us. Thank you so much. And um, you know, of course, keep on listening. We got we got some more. We got some more in the tank. Don't even worry about it. Uh, we've also got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? And uh, we got an email from Undercut. Subject, new fan of your new cast. All right. He said, hey, just getting into the show after your recent collab with the POD cast. I'm the jerk who picked the album you had to talk about. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, still making my way through your treasure trove of old episodes and glad to hear a few wrecks for Dog Fashion Disco, a band I've called my favorite many times. Hopefully you'll get to them someday, but a good way in might be the supergroup Knives Out featuring the singer and guitarist of DFD and the guitarist and drummer of Nothing Face. Their first album, Black Mass Hysteria, 
should be right up your alley. Check out the song Surrounded by Demons and tell me I'm wrong. Sorry if someone else has come by and said the exact same thing I just did. I still have many episodes to catch up on. Thank you, Undercut. I feel like Knives Out has been recommended to us before, but it's always good to be reminded. It's always good to have another push because, as you will find out, the long list of albums that have been recommended is incredibly long. And sometimes we look at it and we go, what do we do next? So it's always good to have things to push us and focus us. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. David Bramley wrote us an email as well. Subject line, hey, RK. I like that. A nice, innocuous subject line. (laughs) And David says, hey, Roach Coach, loved the episode you did with the POD cast. I've been listening to every new episode of both podcasts for over a year now. Just wanted to say, I hope you take John Cullen's recommendation to do Dark Complex's second and final album. Very new, whereas the first one isn't so much. Have you guys ever brought up Love and Death? It's Head's side project that he's the lead vocalist for. I listened to them for years before even finding this out, and it blew me away. Very new, in my opinion. Here's a link to my favorite song. Keep on rolling, Dave. Keep on rolling, baby. Wake up, sleepy, wide awake! Get him, head. Very Get new. Him. Very new. Very Get new. Get head. Wow. I mean, and you took us right to that praise and worship chorus, a literal one in this case. Wow. I'm living for that. <laughs> that <laughs> I was... had my hands up. I was ready. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Also, it's that wake up sleepyhead part at the beginning. I was like, once again, sheeple. You need to get up. You need to wake up. And... I think it's important, and I just want to mention this real quick. Um, what Head is doing there vocally, very, yep. very, very similar to one Jonathan Davis, but still bringing his own, his own twinge, his own, uh, his own style to it. Guitar-wise, yeah. I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he may be utilizing more than the standard six strings that most guitarists use i think i think you might be using seven jenny do you have any insight into this um i had a pack of eight strings there's only one left so that could mean a lot of things one of which is that could be using seven strings to create corn's signature sound oh wow yeah All right. Good to know. Matt. I can tell you with 100% clarity that the bass doesn't have four strings on it, baby. It's got six. 
Six. Oh my god. By my count, that's thirteen strings, which in most cases would be an unlucky number, but in the case here, I all I hear is our luck, our lucky day getting to hear that song. So I'd have to agree. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Dave. We've got another email from JB. The subject is breaking news. You know how that's spelled. He says, a second, never before heard Pressure 4-5 album from 2003 has leaked on YouTube. Still sounds a lot like Burning the Process to my ears. And he sends us the link to that. And indeed, we, we were inundated on this leak. We have been told by many people that Pressure 4-5's second unreleased album has leaked onto the internet. I have not listened to it yet, but good to know it's out there. And also... I guess another one we can add to a possible demo month that people have. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we talked about a demo pe- month. People want us to do a demo month. Demo. Let's hear some rough Dems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's crack them Dems open. Let's crack them Dems. And then uh, he also said, while I'm here, I'd also like to recommend two albums from 2000. What a year. What a year. The first is the album Novelty by the Vancouver British Columbia band Gladys Patches. These guys started out as alt rock, then switched to being a Limp Biscuit clone before turning into Incubus. Boy, what a journey that is. The next album is No Pleasantries by UPO. One of the members of this band went on to join Five Finger Death Punch, which is how I heard about them. The album might count more as new butt rather than regular new metal, but I'd still love to hear Jenny's reaction since it sounds suspiciously similar to Alice in Chains. Wow. I hear I'd like to see Jenny in pain. <laughs> that is fine. Uh, so Gladys Patches, I feel like that name is is like on the on the outskirts of my brain. Like that was recommended to us like years ago. And then I haven't heard it in a long time. And but I think this is the first time someone sent us a link. So let's take a let's take a gander at Gladys Patches. You know, this genre gives. It's, this genre gives. It, it gives and gives and gives. Every time we think there can't be anything left, right? We just we, haven't, we haven't we gone to the patches. The sides of the barrel, right? Mm-mm, no. This... Somebody, it's like being at the old country buffet. Somebody <laughs> brings out a new chafing dish right when the next one oh, the ones even empty. Oh, man. Jenny, thoughts on Gladys Patches? I'd love to hear the rest of the album. <laughs> uh, truly something else. And I mean, I guess we've got to hear a little bit. Matt, do we have a little bit of UPO? Yeah, we do. I got it lined up. Here's UPO. Autumn Gray. Moving around on your 
house in chains. Lock up your house. You are being robbed. You, there is a full theft going on. Jerry, Jerry Cantrell, you need to change all the passwords on your computer. Your Hotmail account is compromised. Jerry Cantrell, get to the Boggy Depot. Lock everything Oh, up. my gosh. The Boggy Depot is not safe. Unsafe. Jenny, we just got changed. Fucking I got changed. got changed. I got changed. I was not. I was not ready for that level of changing. And I, I mean, have. I mean, I feel like I got like the changing vaccine. I could take it all day and all night, and that was like, that was too much. Mm-hmm. Jenny, how are you? Well, I think that this is a one of those like cases where you like find the strength to lift a car off a child or something. <laughs> I think it was just the top was so intense and horrifying that by the time we got to like the undeniable changing, I was already like all amped up and it didn't affect me. Um, holy shit. That, wow. I don't even know what to say about UPO. Holy cow. <laughs> That's wow. a lot. That's a lot. Thank you, wow. JB. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> my mouse stopped working. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, and finally, we did an episode all about Fire from the Gods. And uh, we got a little bit of feedback on that. We sure did. Gareth Davies says, has there ever been a more aptly named band? Wait, Limp Biscuit just answered my own question. Killer album. Glad you all enjoyed it and put it in the canon. I equally love Excuse Me for being an absolute ripper and find it super depressing because it will inevitably continue to be relevant. Sad face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Garrett Fuller said, walk inside and the house is cold. Jad just says you're getting too old. Charles Manchin. Charles Manchin. Charles, your, your lyrics are resonating with the youth. You know, I tried to speak to everybody, but I can only speak as myself. I would never want you to be anything less than 100% Charles. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, Charles. Wow. Thank you, Charles. Dom Dramo says, all I can hear is Primer 55 meets Gent meet with Seven Dust Choruses. Surprised there wasn't more talk about this other than the brief mention of a Lejean influence. All I can say is we blew it. (laughs) 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 Better luck next time. And, uh, And finally, Brianna Wolf said, the only bummer about this episode is knowing how long it'll take to get to their next album because I feel like they truly shine on that. Fingers crossed for the backwards episode to happen soon. I think it'd be cool to look at where Fire from the Gods could have gone, and that album just rips so hard. And the album cover is a dude on puppet strings, so you already know what you'll be getting into. Speaking of North Lane, have they ever been recommended? While they're definitely metalcore at their, well, core, 2019's Alien feels like, for me at least, what new metal could sound like moving forward. She gave us a link.
I'm into that. That's pretty good. That's all right. I, you know, I hear metalcore and I don't know why my brain still always goes like this is going to be too harsh, but that was pretty smooth. I was into that. Jenny, what'd you think of Northline? Oh, uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I, I see what uh, Brianna's saying about it could be a direction that new metal is moving in going forward because I also think of metalcore usually as more on the harsh side, but I definitely heard some smooth boys in that. Mm-hmm. When you when you get those smooth boys in there, you know, things th- things can go a different direction. I, I heard a band recently. They showed up as a You May Also Like on YouTube called Volumes. And I listened to a track and I was like, this is new metal as fuck. And I listened to another track and I was like, whew, this is, this is pretty fucking new metal too. Then I was down a fucking wormhole. Next thing you know, two o'clock in the morning, I'm on eBay, Declutter Store. Do they have it? Do they have it? Can I get a copy of this album? Now I own it. Now I'm getting volumes tattooed on my face. It's getting out of hand. Anyway, this, this remind me of it a little bit. So... Either way, thank you so much for the North Lane Rack. And uh, and that is it for who's tweeting. Uh, keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can also slide into those DMs with your racks and your stories and anything else you want to let us know. Um, still waiting for another DM from somebody that we uh, that used to comment on songmeanings.com in 2003. That, you know, we've got to be, we got the one. That's 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 get the ball rolling. Got to get some more. And uh, and now it is time for our final greatest hits collection. Jenny, your choice. Number one to infinity by Mariah Carey. When did this greatest hits collection come out? This greatest hits collection was released on May 18th, 2015. Whoa, that's right fairly recently and uh, and and jenny we're gonna start with you if you want to talk to us a little bit about mariah carey what she means to you and uh, what made you decide to pick her for greatest hits month well there's no greater gift and no greater holiday gift i would say than all i want for christmas is you which is not on this album, <laughs> but there are a lot of other songs that are. Um, I just think that, well, first of all, I love Mariah Carey. As long as I have been actively seeking out music, I have been listening to Mariah Carey. The first CDs I ever bought were Offspring Smash and Mariah Carey Music Box. So it's always what? been wow. like, yeah, like it's always been, um, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, Lauren, when you were saying that, like, you know, like I was listening to new metal. I was also listening to all of this other type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I have been into heavier music, I have been into Mariah Carey, pop music, R&B, um, and when I was thinking about what I who what I wanted to listen to or talk about, like these the songs, most of the songs on this num- on this greatest hits collection were recorded uh and released like between basically like nineteen ninety and two thousand seven. And that pretty much spans the entire like rise and fall of new metal 
in many, many ways. And I mean, now it's coming back. Mariah's back timeless. She's timeless. She has a Christmas special that's out right now. She just released a book, which Lauren and I both read because we we love to read. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I just think it's like an interesting kind of juxtaposition to the music that we're talking about and the timelines that we're talking about that these songs were also like incredibly popular. She is the top selling artist of all time. She's amazing. That's I, insane. That's so amazing. I love Mariah Carey, as you are about to really, really hear. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't even know how to accurately describe my history with Mariah Carey. It's just like she's been existing with me all along. How about you? So Mariah Carey, as I remember, I remember when the first record came out, which was what, like 1990? And... I remember the song Someday being played at the roller rink. Uh, but they used to have these roller rink parties in, in uh, elementary school. And that song, they threw on Someday, you better get on the rink, baby. Strap them skates on and get on the rink. And so I always associated that with like, okay, I like her upbeat songs. And, uh, you know, I'd hear the ballads and stuff. But Mariah Carey was somebody who was, you know, somebody who felt inevitably popular like mariah carey is going to put a record out the record will be huge the songs will be popular and that's how it works that's that's how it works that's the ecosystem it's literally like gravity mariah carey is popular mariah carey songs are out there whether or not they were good it's kind of a mixed bag for me although i will say there's a couple songs on here that i was like, oh, these songs are great. And then there were a couple songs in here where I was like, GTFO. But we'll get to that. We'll deal with it. <laughs> My own issues. But she was somebody who, yeah, always, uh, she was, yeah, my sister had, I want to say, every record up to up to Rainbow, I want to say. I think, I think that was this. Yeah, I think her whole 90s run. And so I've heard, I heard all of these songs you know, through a wall for my childhood and adolescence. Uh, the only ones that have stuck with me are the singles. Um, but, uh, you know, she's somebody always. And so I didn't, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, the songs I liked, I liked. And, uh, you know, I mean, I never said no to watching a Mariah Carey video. So, you know, uh, <laughs> they were <laughs> right. Cool. They were right yeah. when they told her sex sells. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so she's somebody who, I mean, has always been, um, much like Thanos, Mariah Carey is inevitable. I feel like I ended on a dark note. I didn't mean for that way, but yeah. So I've, I've always known about her. You and said like Thanos. I know, I know. Mariah I took Carey. I know, uh, I know. I don't even know what that means, so I'm going to choose to assume that it means that... Thanos. Snap of her finger, she could make us all disappear. I oh, mean, I mean, if anyone could. And I do want to correct myself. I do not think I added this. She's the number one selling female artist of all time. Okay. So you don't have to add me. <laughs> I've corrected for gender. Uh, Matt, what's your history with Sweet Mariah? You know, Sweet Mariah has never been a staple for me in my life. 
because when she entered my life, I was a prepubescent boy, just trying to do the best in junior high school at dances. And, uh, you know, when slow songs come on, there's an awkwardness that hits your body when you're at a school dance and you, uh, like, either are going to ask somebody or you're not. And let me just tell you, this guy wasn't. And then you just see a whole bunch of people linking their arms together, mainly uh, like seven to ten girls would uh, link their arms together, sway together, and sing Mariah Carey very loudly. And I want to tell you that if you want to turn somebody off to an artist, that's a good way to do it. Hmm. <laughs> Have hmm. awkward feelings with a group experience. You will. I hate Greece to this day. Uh, because of because of that bon jovi is always going to be on my shit list but time progressed and so did mariah i'm still would never consider myself a butterfly but um a lamb she, a, a lamb if you will <laughs> um she is undeniable that christmas album of hers is an all-timer and you know what? She's got some songs that you just got to bump, my friends. Indeed. And Matt, I want to let you know, those feelings, those awkward feelings, that muscle memory that kicks in of like, am I an adult man or am I at the sixth grade fun fest? Those feelings, they coming back. They're coming back tonight. <laughs> They're coming back. Yeah. They're coming back oh, tonight. Dude, I've listened to Vision of Love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's um, the one. That's the one. Um, well, you know, if that's the one, I'm going to tell you something about this number ones thing. She's had a lot of fucking number ones, which means we got 19 tracks to get through. We do. Real quick, Jenny, I just wanted to ask you mm-hmm. genre tags. Sure. Uh, pop, R&B, and gospel. Excellent. And uh, as Jenny mentioned, both of us read Mariah Carey's book. The Meaning of Mariah Carey. The Meaning of Mariah Carey uh, by Mariah Carey with Michaela Angela Davis. We've read a lot of books for this show, which is what a thing to say right off the bat. And this book, I think it's one of the best ones. I would agree. It, uh, this is coming off of ministry when you said the Al Jorgensen book was one of the best ones. It's true. Al Jorgensen's book definitely definitely clips. I don't think this book clips at that same level, but the this is a very well-written book that also captures Mariah Carey's voice like I, I did not feel the ghostwriter. I f- oh, that's cool. I did not. Feel, I felt Mariah Carey, a hundred percent when reading this book, and also this book does a lot of things I did not expect. For one, it spends the first one hundred pages just in her childhood, um, which is dark, significant. Oh, it's yeah, but it's a, a dark childhood which I did not anticipate. Jenny, your overall feelings in the book. I thought it was great. I definitely felt like we spent surprising amounts of time in places that I wasn't expecting. And it felt like toward the end of the book, it was just like, 
you jump through time so quickly toward the end. The first is, is very drawn out, but I thought it was very good. I think that it definitely it takes you there with her wherever she is. Um, and I agree with you. I didn't feel the ghostwriter. That's probably a testament to the ghostwriter. We should have a roach coat, roach, Jesus Christ, a roach coach ghostwriter awards. Um, so, You'll get to present it every time. Yeah, I'll work on, <laughs> I'll work on saying it. Uh, but no, I thought it was, I, I loved it also for not only does it really take you to like surprisingly emotional places with her, but it is peppered with incredible shade at people and things that I would not have remembered whatsoever. Um, my favorite piece of shade was at Carson Daly, who I Ooh. absolutely hate, but she is just like, she calls him a host in quotation marks, which is so shady. And I love it. I love it. Mariah Carey has kept every single receipt. She's got a giant bag of receipts and they're organized. She's kept them all. And there are moments in this thing where I'm like, did it really happen this way? Maybe I'm going to believe it. I think my favorite was she tells a very harrowing story about being tricked into taking, being taken to a party as a child where she thinks she's going to have a good time and all the girls trap her in a room and just call her the N word. Um, and because Mariah Carey is a uh, mixed race. And so she's, of course, traumatized by this event. And then the chapter ends with her driving with her mother to that person's house who hosted the party after she is now famous to get out of the car and stand there and everyone go, oh, shit, she made it. And then get back in the car and drive away. And I was like, "Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. While, while the girl who said the mean things to her now was yelling, you're great. You're great. You did it. I knew you could do it. Well, she said that that was the one girl who had spoken up against the other girls. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So I will say, though, Mariah Carey, she's been through a lot. She is... The, the the way that she keeps the receipts and the length of time that she keeps the receipts and that she comes back to return, um, she's terrifying in that way. But do not cross her. Don't. Do not, do, don't do it. Don't cross her. Don't that cross was the- her. Don't doubt her. <sighs> do don't not. doubt her. That's a top... Mm. A top Mariah offense. Yeah, it's there is a lot of people who are just like, I don't know. I don't know if she can do it. And then she's like, here I come. Pardon me? Yeah. Excuse excuse me? She's here like, I I've been in the industry for six months and I'm going to win three Grammys. So you can all, she would never say this, but mm-hmm. her spirit to me says, eat my asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh in that spirit, let's listen to these songs. Let's take Matt back to the, the bad time. <laughs> uh. Let's go back to 1990 from her debut album, 
Mariah Carey, her first number one hit, Vision of Love. still there i'm still uncomfortable <laughs> matt just just go I'm sit a just married go. man i just celebrated my 10 year anniversary and this still makes me uncomfortable <laughs> i hate that feeling remember when they made songs like this oh right that so, was okay. yeah Sorry, this Jenny, song, this song, I just want to say, Mariah Carey writes her own fucking songs. Okay. Some collaborating people. Yeah, of course. This song came out when she was 18 years old. Mariah Carey wrote Vision of Love when she was 17, 18 years old. 18. 18. So if you're thinking, I don't know, whatever. What the fuck were you doing when you were 18? Because Mariah Carey was winning Grammys. She was writing this song. She was performing the hell out of it. She was torturing Matt. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry you went through that. A great job. <laughs> That's all right. We all can't be in Phil Palladino's basement when this song comes on and feel weird. So it's cool. I think. All my life is that song for me. The Casey and JoJo song. Oh. You know what you know what mine is? I think mine is honestly Yellow Lead Better by Pearl Jam. They throw that thing on and I was like, What are you fucking doing? <laughs> that's a that's a pretty solid question for that song. Uh, let me tell you. Why why this song? What are you fucking doing? What are you doing that for? Um, so, Jenny, where does this stack up in your Mariah Carey top tracks list? Ugh. Mariah Carey stack up. Yeah. This would be a top 10 for me, for sure. Okay. This is a great song. This is like our introduction to Mariah. This video is iconic. This is... What I call dentist office music, Mariah. This is yeah. where Tommy Matola has brought her in. He's doing all the creepy label guy stuff to her. The video is like, this is a theme with Mariah, but very, very heavy in the 90s. Sepia. <laughs> Just sepia all the time. Um, fluffy, sweet, sad. First time we see a swing, which we'll see many more times in Mariah videos. We get in the Vision of Love video. I I just think it's iconic and I love it. What do you think? I got to say, this was less histrionic than I think, than I remember. And I think it's that there, I can't think of any specifics, but I feel like that became like the parody of Mariah Carey was the high notes and the overdoing it. 
And listening to this, I actually found it to be restrained in comparison to where things have gone in the world. <laughs> yes. You know what well, I mean? This like this song specifically and Mariah Carey gets credited slash blamed for all of American Idol culture. And like all of the auditions and the, and the style of singing in American Idol kind of all gets pushed back to this. Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, because I think about somebody like Christina Aguilera, who I think really milks it. And this is restrained in comparison to, I feel like, what Christina was doing on later stuff, uh, beautiful and things like that. Uh, so this was, you know what, this was, as this one started, I was like, all right, okay. I mean, in the book, she talks about how, um, a big theme of her life is that people uh, do not want to accept her blackness because she is so fair skinned, uh, but she has a black father and a white mother. And so with the, the songs that she had in her demo were much more urban, uh, to, to use the parlance of the industry and that once she got it in and they started making the record they sort of de-blacked it just to say the least this still had a bit of a gospel swing to it um which uh i appreciated and uh but yeah like you said jenny this is takes me right to the dentist office 100 percent yeah, she talks a lot about that. And even like, um, you know, in her marriage to Tommy Matola. So Tommy Matola was a much older record executive at Columbia slash Sony. He meets Mariah at a party. He takes her demo. He leaves. He calls her. And then they start working together. They eventually get married. It's not a good marriage. It's And it's very um, controlling and suffocating for her. And one of the things like Lauren was saying, like he... Their label itself wouldn't recognize her blackness. And then also Tommy, like, wouldn't talk about it, wouldn't really recognize it. And when she started to move more in that direction, he has, like, a pretty strong reaction to it, which we'll we'll talk about it as the music goes there. But um, these these earlier songs on this number one, like, really does reflect this, like, dedication that Sony and Columbia had at that time to adult contemporary music. Um, and I think it's easy to forget how popular adult contemporary music was oh, as well. Yeah, it was ubiquitous. Like this, dentist office music is right, but like this hit a, a huge swath of America as like everybody can listen to this. So everybody did in one way, shape, or form. There was always a radio station that would play adult contemporary soft hits yeah they and they'd run ads where it'd be somebody holding a baby going we can the whole family can listen to it and i remember thinking get that out of here <laughs> the whole family can listen to it that means there ain't a ripper to be found get that out of here and my mother'd be like listen no one wants to listen to that and i was like <laughs> hey don't tell me that that's you know we all had our we all had our moment where we rebelled against the uh WNIC I think or the the radio call letters That's in Detroit 100.3 WNIC. WNIC and oh, in that boy. spirit let's listen to what I think is like a very in the pocket dentist office song 
Uh, it's called Love Takes Time. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh boy yeah you know, get ready for a fluoride treatment <laughs> you, you know what this is i'm gonna say it. this is a cvs banger No, no, come on. Come on. She's, Matt, I think I got a chance. I think I got a chance. No, I'm telling you right now. You are a quarter of the way into Love Takes Time, and you haven't asked her yet. No, no, no. I was just like, I was drying my pits, okay? Because I got a little sweaty. Hold on. I'm going to go talk to her right now. Get, hold on. All right. Hey. 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 I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, yeah, you... I can't do it. Ah, oh, shit. I shit my pants. This song was brought to you by the Yamaha DX7. There you go. There is, isn't there a DX7 in glitter? Uh, there is. Oh, let's, let's save <laughs> glitter for later. Okay. Uh, don't tell me when to bring glitter. <laughs> Jenny takes over. Well, I'm just saying glitter. Clearly. Some of. This glitter is th- laced throughout this record. It, it is. This song, is. this video. One thing about having an artist like Mariah for 30 years is that you get to go on a lot of journeys. One of my personal favorite journeys is the eyebrow journey that we go on with Mariah. Uh, this is a strong beginning to our eyebrow journey. This song is also from her uh, first album. Her eyebrows are amazing in this video. This is a sad beach video. Mariah has a lot of water videos, <laughs> some sadder mm. than others. But uh, yeah, the eyebrows in the video are definitely the high point for me. Um, this is a song I was much less familiar with than many of the other songs on this number one's record. How about you? I knew this one. Uh, I wrote in my notes, yeah, this is a grocery store song. Um, it's a little schmaltzy for my tastes. I, I prefer Vision of Love to this one. Um, at the same time, the song title, correct. Love takes time. And uh, you know what? I was, uh, yeah, so it was a little too schmaltzy. A little too schmaltzy for me. Um, but I had, I, I, I was a curious guy. I'm reading this book all about Mariah. She's talking about these fans. She's talking about the lambs, as they're called. So I had to go to songmeetings.com and see if some lambs grazed on over there to the comment section. <laughs> and they did. Babers101 said, I couldn't relate to this song more. It's obvious what the song is about. It's a sucky feeling. Sad face. Then Dave Matthews Girl 7 let me tell you, this is probably the first and last time we're going to hear from her on this show. 
said, the last verse is me all the way. You may say you don't need me, but I know that you do. Dave Matthews girl. <laughs> well, you know, I take that back. We may hear her from her more because we're apparently not getting rid of her. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. So this one, Matt, how, how'd you feel about this one? You know, it is weird to have the once very culturally impactful music because love takes time was a colossal hit but it has over time become music mm-hmm. as you said it, it has become dennis office music it is always it is still on the soft rock stations and it's not my favorite of her slow songs i still think vision of love is a better song but i cannot believe that she was that young when she was writing these songs. That's what really blows my mind. I mean, it's not unheard of. I think there's plenty of artists that have been of that age that have written songs that we still are like, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) All all the song has to be is true. Matt, is that, is that what you say when you're at the bar and you're like five deep in the cups? It's true. It's true. It's true. Love takes time. Love takes time. This guy, he's he's cut off. Yeah, we, we cannot stress enough. I think, yeah, every single song on this album, number one. Number one. And, yeah, we just got to stress that. That for a moment, a week or a couple weeks, or in some cases, many weeks, people were like, this is my song. I will have it envelop me. So, something to think about. Yeah. 18 and when i say dentist office music look it's not an insult i love this stuff adult contemporary of this era take me there oh boy jenny are you about to make us do like a richard marx episode <laughs> maybe richard marx <laughs> richard marx pops up on reality shows more than you'd think like dating reality shows and things like that. He's got a lot of cameos. I could probably do a whole episode on Richard Marks cameos in modern reality TV. I found out recently that he is married to Daisy Fuentes. Incredible. Hey, he's, you know, he's Richard fucking Marks, man. He'll tell you. Truly. All right. We are still on Mariah's debut album, but we're going to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, Up next, we have Someday. This is the MTV Unplugged version. (laughs) We'd like to dedicate this next song to anyone who's ever been dumped by someone you love. (laughs) It's called Someday. That there'll ever come a time when you're cold and lonely And baby, how could you ever believe That another could replace me, the one and I'm only But when you're down in your time of need And you're thinking how you might be coming back to own me Just think again, cause I won't need your love anymore
to me because I know all of these songs and I have never owned a Mariah Carey album. And I think it speaks, and I never had cable as a kid, so I didn't have MTV. This is 100% radio play and high school and junior high dances. But you like that, I don't think this happens anymore. No, I, I don't think so. Because um, you can literally find everything that you want to hear, but you're not going to hear this in that mix. I I would say the thing that really let me know to the level of which an artist can never truly achieve what she has done is that I think about who the biggest female artists are now, which are Taylor Swift and Adele. And I have, I've barely heard Adele. I've heard like two songs and Taylor Swift I never hear. And when I do, I say, get that out of here. So, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that, yeah, that, that monoculture era when you just were like, yeah, Mariah Carey all the time. And that's, that's fine. Um, Jenny, what did you think of this one? What did you think of the, the decision to put the unplugged version on the record as opposed to the album version? Initially, I wasn't so sure about it. But after reading the book, I understood and appreciated it a lot more. And then when I watched the video, I was like, there's no other version of this song. Whoa. Watching her performance, it's very... So apparently she did this performance. This MT, This is like the MTV Unplugged version. And apparently she did this because... She had a lot of anxiety. What she said, she had a lot of anxiety about going on a world tour. So by the time she did this, she'd already released emotions. But people were saying that her vocals were super manipulated in the studio. So she decided to do an unplug to show that she could actually sing the way that she was on the albums. Um, And watching this video and knowing that she has a love of gospel music and she has like a great deal of respect and love for background vocals and that she did background vocals quite a bit. Watching the way that she sings with the vocalists that she has with her is just like so fun to watch. She seems light. She seems like she's having fun. We're definitely still in the like adult contemporary zone. Her outfit is giving me 1992 a lot. Her eyebrows have changed, not for the better. Uh Uh, She's wearing a weird little vest, but like. I don't know. I really enjoyed watching it. And it made me think, you know what we don't have in new metal? Background vocalists. It's true. When we do, it's very rare. And most of the time, yeah, we don't really have a lot. And, and indeed, in the book, she, her, her affection for really all of her team, of everybody who works with her, is very strong and Going through, I did not watch. I we did a flip on this. I did not watch all the videos for this album um, because there were nineteen, mm-hmm. and also I made the decision to watch Glitter, so I had to make a sacrifice somewhere. Uh, but uh, I did watch a handful of these videos, and it was very noticeable to me how connected to the dancers she was in a lot of these videos, and then to read in the book that. Yeah, she knew and was friends with all of them. 
and uh and so it just you know it was just nice to see that connection and really also it was one of those things because i feel like especially post like 2000s post 2000s mariah carey i think is seen obviously she views herself as a diva but i think is seen as this sort of like above it all kind of person and i mean she certainly tries to be but um it, it uh there was a level of like oh she's like you know she can connect i i got the feeling a little bit not a lot not a little bit a lot i got the feeling that mariah carey though is is one of the rare superstars though that still knows what like food costs you know like she knows what people are going through because she grew up very poor and and all these things so i think that there's a that 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 makes her a more relatable person and less of a uh you know aloof psycho <laughs> i would agree matt any thoughts on someday no i th- I, I think i hit it at the top there and um I'm just amazed, like, 19 hit, 19 number ones. Wow. Just, it's unfathomable. She, we've got so many more songs to go, but I have to say. Let's do it. I have to say, Mariah works. (laughs) Mariah's working. Mariah's working. Mariah's working to, ultimately, as we will get to it, to her detriment. But she is always working. Because she is, Jenny, what is she called? What is she called? In the, the franchise. The... That's what That's Sony right. calls her. The franchise. She was the original Fast and Furious. True, true. All right. Up next, we've got I Don't Want to Cry. Oh, those are some sweet Yamaha DX7 sounds. <laughs> Put it on sitar. Once again we sit in silence After all is said and the best part of the song that's the best part of the song right there the backing vocals there so i wonder part of her appeal is how relatable she is like i don't necessarily relate to this song a hundred percent but like the lyrics and the sentiment is a familiar 
is very is very familiar if you've ever been in a relationship that didn't work out. I just don't want to cry, guys. Hey. Me neither. Me neither. All I'm saying is there's a lot of Midwest moms that can totally <laughs> relate to this song. 100%. And if you're There's a lot of bubble baths <laughs> and lit candles that have gone down into this song. Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, Mariah will talk about the various situations and experiences of her life and how she will tie them in to her songs and to her lyrics. And so I have read many Mariah Carey lyrics now over the past week and a half. And it did make me appreciate her writing. In a way that I, I think, you know, we look at a lot of lyrics here on the show and just in general. I think about growing up and I'd flip through like a lyric book and you really think about like what it takes to, you know, string these things together and make them mean something and make it mean something coherent and not fall into, I mean, there's cliches, but still fall into that thing of like being unique, but also being relatable. How do I do that in a familiarly unique way. And it is kind of interesting how, and maybe I'm you get the context for so many songs, you find out how many songs are actually written about certain people. And uh, it does, it is just, I guess, admirable. Um, and, and, uh, and then my hat is off. My hat is off. I'm tipping my hat. Milady. Milady, indeed. This uh, I Don't Want to Cry is the fourth and final single from her debut album. Video, I want to report, brow watch. Yes. Uh -oh. We're back to good brows here. Oh, okay. We popped forward to 92. We're having a tough brow moment. We're back in 90 here. Brows are great. It's very dramatic. I feel like maybe Tommy Matola had some sepia thing going on because we're back to those tones there's also a very like peak 90s fluffy pirate shirt in this video that that made Ooh. me happy it's extremely shoulderless and extremely puffy so congrats mariah uh there is a, a couple comments in songmeanings.com for this song zaxter says i love this song it inspired me to write a short fiction the song is about two people whose love is falling apart. I don't know if that's the short fiction or if that's separate, but either way, this inspired him to write some short fiction. I'm assuming that's between, what, 18 and 25 pages, would you say? Probably. That's a short fiction. Something like that. Yeah. And Dave Matthews Girl, I'm sorry, she's back. And she said, this song helped me finally get over my ex. It's done. I did it. Whoa. Wait a minute. Dave Matthews. You go. Dave Matthews Girl? Is, is he... Is he okay? Doesn't matter. She's over it. Oh, okay. she's done. You, well, you said she did it. She, you did it. What? Did, did Matthew's girl? What? What did you do? What did do you, you want to know? Do you want to know? I'm, do you want to I mean, know? I'm, I'm, Are you sure you want to know? Oh, I, do you want to know? Do you want to know? I don't think I do. Do you want to know? Okay, I want to know. I'll tell you if you want to know. I, I want to know. He's buried in my backyard. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, she got it. <laughs> oh, fuck. She I did listened it. to Mariah the whole time I did it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Well. Okay. R.I.P. So, all right. So, last week on the show, 
there were um there was a moment that I, I did it to myself um where I decided to see what Robert Kreisko had to say about my boys in Sloan. And it wasn't a great feeling. And so this week, Jenny, um, we decided to look up Robert Kreisko's review of Mariah Carey. Would you like me to read these? Yeah, sure, please. Okay. So Robert reviewed uh, most of the albums um, associated with this best of for Mariah Carey, Columbia 1990. He said, I swear I didn't know her mama was an opera singer, but I'm embarrassed that I didn't guess. She gets too political in her brave, young, idealistic attack on war, destitution, and sorrow. Couldn't we accept each other? Couldn't we make ourselves aware? Elsewhere, she sticks to what she doesn't know. Love. Debbie Gibson, all is forgiven. C. Wow. I think the general public said, I disagree. Yeah. I gotta say, though, based on this book he gets one line right (laughs) because at this point in her life she is not she is approximating love but she does not have love in her life that is true and i think that is a noticeable thing of what she's talking about we're going to get to some songs and i think it is something to note of like when she goes from writing about a hypothetical to writing about a real to seeing what the change that happens so i so yeah all right we are moving into a different mariah carey album we are moving into the album emotions and we have our single from that emotions Gated reverb on that snare, please. Here, you got it, bro. You got it. All right, right. You do you. We were all bopping through that song. That's a bop. It's a bop. Listen, she is feeling all emotions. We talk about a lot of bands on this show. They are singling out specific emotions. Anger, fear, disgust, rage. Mariah encompasses everything. Emotions. She's like, how do you, how, how's, how, Mariah, how's this guy make you feel? What are you, what are you feeling? And she makes oh. a sound that I can't make. <laughs> can't be made. Only only she can do it. Uh, this is uh, you know, I uh, I like this one. It is indeed a bop, and uh, yeah, it had. A, I did not watch the video, but 
I remember it vividly. Black and white, or is no wait, is it sepia? It's sepia, sepia, right? It's very it's sepia. sepia. Don't it's sepia. even it's sepia, just yeah. trust. But she's having a good time hanging out with her friends, riding around in the back of a car, that whole deal. Oh yeah, she's doing that. She's also like dancing around with people. This definitely is like a very um stark shift in tone in terms of like the the videos. She's like having some fun. Seems like she's loosening up. She's getting to be around other people. She's not just sad. I have to report this song is one that I like to sing in the car, but I don't even try to hit the high notes. <laughs> so I love, I love this song. It's so oh, good. Jenny, I didn't even look at this album cover. Did you see what color the album cover is? I Oh, it's sepia, baby. It's a sepia. Wow. Straight to the album cover. It's... It's not going away. I just want you to know that. <laughs> just This also is the first time that you really, really, really get in in the hits the trademark Mariah Carey high note and in the video where she's holding like her head while she's doing it. I just re- like she has the hand up and the head like Dare I say iconic? Iconic. Oh, for iconic. sure. Iconic. For map. sure. But also, this song became important to me because it was used for a sample. Um, see if you can identify the sample. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mariah Carey. What is this? Uh, this is Emergency Broadcast Network with Get Down. Get down! And they used Mariah Carey's high note. Unedited. How dare. I do feel like that is the chaotic noise of like, I don't know her. The chaotic (laughs) noise of Mariah's shade coming for you. Um, Mm. Which I love and appreciate. But my God, hearing it on its own. Oh yeah, it's coming for you. It's coming for you, 100%. Um... I went to songminions.com just to see what was going on with those lambs. And we had a couple. Uh, this is, I think, Kem, Kayem2010 said, I started playing this off the computer, iTunes, and my pug dog went psycho when she hit the high note near the end of the song. She sings higher than I can whistle. I mean, that's a fact. And then Torrance21 said, I love this song because I sung it for my level, my A-level music exam. It got me an A, so it can't be bad. And then, uh, did you simple... sing the whole song? That's what I want to know. I need she a got, receipt. She got an A. Hmm. They got an A. I need proof. All right, Jenny wants proof. Um, also, Jenny, you were you were throwing some big numbers around earlier about Mariah Carey being a big seller, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I just had to go back. Um, Matt, how many times platinum do you think Mariah Carey's debut album went? Um. I'm going to say at least 10 times platinum. Worldwide, 15 million copies. In the U.S., nine times platinum. So Mariah Carey saw that and said, got to go back to the bed. Got to go back to the shed. Got to keep it going nine times. That girl's looking for some double digits. Um, emotions did not give her double digits. Emotions did only, this is Mariah Carey we're talking about, only, Four million in the United States, eight million worldwide. 
Jenny, at the end, it seems impossible. Listen, sometimes you only sell the four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a tough one for her. Listen, it's the old sophomore slump, right? Some people's sophomore slump is worse than others. That Mariah is Carey's true. sophomore slump was that she did four million instead of nine million. That's true, and this so. is the only single that we get off of emotions on this number one. So I don't know if you wanted to. Go back to old Robert. So soon oh. it seems. So soon it seems, but we yeah. do need to return. So is, it, is the reason, is that because, did oh, this was the only song that went number one off of Emotions. Well, then I guess that also answers that question. Because um, I did think, listening to, there were a couple songs that I was surprised didn't make it. And then I was like, oh, they didn't go to number one. Yeah, because this had three singles. Emotions, Can't Let Go, and Make It Happen. Which I was like, Make It Happen didn't go to number one? Only went to number five. That was very surprising. But just shows the ubiquity of Mariah. Like, I was just like, I guess they all, I thought they all went to number one. But that one, only number five. Once again, the rest of us, rise and fall, Mariah Carey's failure (laughs) is that she only went to number five with Make It Happen. Uh, Yeah, so Robert Kreisgau, his review of emotions is bomb emoji. Wow. That's it. it. Wow. That's all I had to say. All I had to say, harsh take. All right. So now we are going back. If you're with us on our eyebrow journey, we're going to return to the troubling times of MTV Unplugged. This next song is I'll Be There. It's a cover of the Jackson 5 song. old hit and a timeless track mariah doing it with her very good friend trey lorenz on vocals there as well uh uh, mariah's loyalty to her backup singers cannot be overstated if you start singing backup for mariah she's got you she's got you you are family forever whether I, I had to ask this jenny did you ever get the feeling sometimes with the the people that sort of would get pulled into mariah's various dramas or just her general life that do you ever think that sometimes they'd be like can i go hang out with my family for a little bit (laughs) oh i don't know i feel like she really did make her friends her family and like it it's got to be hard to be in her orbit and have your own thing going on Mm. Mm -hmm. yes well, I, I imagine in the book that she's had to get rid of a lot of hangers-ons and sycophants and people who try to, like, dim her magic. The people you are referring to are her blood relatives. <laughs> 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 the, family, the, fla- the family stuff in this book is incredibly harrowing. 
very tough read in some of that part that at one point I was like, I, I remember we get a hundred pages in and then we're finally getting to the Tommy Matola stuff. We're finally getting to her career starting. And I was like, thank God we have gotten out of a bit of a misery pit. And then about three fourths of the way through the book, she's like, well, I got to talk about my brother again. And I was like, Oh no, Oh no, no, no. And yeah, by the end, uh, Mariah Carey, big advocate for therapy, which is good for her. And her therapist basically says, you need to cut these people out. So she refers to her sister as her ex-sister, her brother as her ex-brother, and her mother as Pat. And at the end of the book, basically she had just cut them out. I mean, she basically keeps her nephew in contact, um, which is her sister's son, and... I don't know how many other family members she really still has around. She had a deep connection with her father, which I think was also, well, I think, I think I know, as she said in the book, was a big part of the rift between her and the rest of her family is that she was the baby. And um, her dad seemed to have been sort of like abusive to the older children. And then with baby Mariah, she could get away with anything. And so that resentment sort of built in there. But, uh, yeah, it's uh it is something to really see that like where where the 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 fires that forged Mariah were were bleak. They truly were. They were. And what better time <laughs> to hop over to Music Box. The first albums I ever got my grubby little hands on. And the first single we're going to hear from that is Dream Lover. Talking fucking hits. 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 Jenny, talk to us about your feelings about Dream Lover. I mean, I I can't I can't even handle it. I watched this music video and I was transported in time. This was a defining 90s video. Got summer vibes, 
dancing in a field. She's got this cute little plaid shirt all tied up that she pretty much I I wrote in my notes, Mariah pretty much defined two decades fight me. There's a small turtle cameo in the video, which I will not allow to go overlook. Somebody picks up a map turtle for some reason. Uh, I love this song. I undeniable undeniable top five i gotta say whoa i would yeah you, oh no oh, wait, here, here's the thing this is this is a classic this is number one with a bullet for me like i don't think nothing i don't think anything else she's ever done can touch this song this song and this is like literally this was in my memory one of the first videos i ever saw on mtv coming home from school in sixth grade when i started watching mtv every day and I remember coming home and seeing this video, and it basically, like, I don't know, imprinted on me. Like, I, I feel like there's, like, a, a, hand, a handful of videos I saw at that time that I, like, when I watched them. Like, I watched the video. I, this is, I started with this song, started watching the videos for the album. And watching this video, you talk about transporting. I was like, oh, shit. I am back in my parents' living room in 1993. I just got home from sixth grade. I'm seeing this video on the old tube TV. It was nuts. And it was also very little I'd forgotten. Everything that happened in it moves. There's there's a guy, there's a backup dancer that's dancing with her in the one scene. And I was remembering all of the goofball things he was doing with her to sort of try to make her laugh and goof around. And it's a truly joyous video one of yeah it's one of her best videos it's i think it's her best song incredible and uh i love it i love it i love it i jenny i I guess at the end of this episode i'm gonna be excited to hear what your number one mariah song is i'm really excited to. to i think you'll i think you might be surprised okay i'll just say that um so looking at the stats so mariah's coming off of this four million U.S. sales and emotions. She's like, come on. Come on. She makes music box. Matt. Forget. Okay. Diamond sales in America. Let's talk about worldwide. What are we talking about, Matt? This is the, keep in mind, this is Dream Lover is the first single and the first song in this album. Keep that in mind. How many did it sell? Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. She did 10 million in America. So now we're adding up the rest of the world on top of that 10. 18? 28. Wow. 28 million. 28. Mariah. Mariah. She's the best. Incredible. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, and it's it's I, I can't find it, but somebody. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, talk shit about her and get buried in the 28 million copies of just Music Box that she fucking sold. I don't want to hear a peep. I don't want to hear a peep. Christ gal. Uh, uh, I, uh, oh, so there was a comment. I found it. There's one comment. There's one comment that's all you need for this one on songmeanings.com, and it's from Jolie Frijoli who said one of many national anthems for us single women and asking for just one good man in our lives. And I was like, hmm, bleak take. And then 
Redshift Dazzler came in and said, unfortunately, it's just a dream, never a reality. Wow. And wow. Uh, and the thing is, I got to say, she doesn't talk about it in the book, but it seems like a, a pretty big bit of shade because at this point, she is married to Tommy Mottola. And she's singing about an impossible lover in her life. Like, it'd be great she's if there was... She's the artist. She's the writer. She's the producer. That's points at every fucking level for this record. Jesus. 28 million. I'm still like... She's, so, in, she's also in like. her early 20s when this is happening. Bananas. So I looked How up. How do you deal oh. with that? It catches well, up. It, it, you, I think so. We find out. Um, so I looked up the credits on this one. Mariah has a co-writing credit and co-producer credit on this. Uh, co-writer with this on her is Dave Hall. And I was like, let me look up Dave in his old resume. He is famous for working on Mary J. Bly's debut album, What's the 411? co-wrote and co-produced several tracks on Madonna's bedtime stories, including the single Human Nature. And uh, she worked on one other Mariah Carey song that we will get to shortly. She also worked with people like Heavy D and the Boys, Joe, Jade, Usher, Silk, Kenny Lattimore, CeCe Peniston. All right. Up next, we've got another single from Music Box, Hero. great american songbook type song oh yeah now you might think that i wanted music box for dream lover you'd be wrong <laughs> you wanted it for hero you wanted it for, I hero? Wanted it for hero now let me tell you if there was a spotify wrapped in 1994 which you would have heard from young me 10 year old me my probably two most listened to songs would have been bad habit by the offspring and hero by Mariah Carey. And I maintain those are my two modes pretty much to this day. I fucking love this song. I like, 
have probably I have listened to this in all of the cringiest ways you can imagine. I have cried to this song. I've laughed to this song. Not on the sex playlist. I have. You know what? It took me until I was like 20 to figure out that she was talking about the hero. Like, I, I don't know why. I know she said the hero lies in you, but like it didn't occur to me that that's what she was talking about until I was like. 20 something <laughs> i mean wow. i know it doesn't speak well to me but i'm just gonna share because here we are 28 million records sold <laughs> took a long Jenny time the hero oh yeah lies, lies yeah. in you lies i was like She's wait a, a minute <laughs> who i just wait i'm i'm the guy. <laughs> I, wait i i just I, I you know what i like to think is uh you know jenny you you are known for having these uh famous ladies nights you and a lot of the other female improvisers get together and you guys go wild and none of us boys can come and i imagine these are the kind of revelations that happen at these events i think they all knew what the song was about (laughs) well i feel like you were like you guys jess maggie come here i i i was listening to hero and it lies in you you being me Right. Really changed my path when I figured that out, I will say. You'll notice a marked uptick in my life in my late 20s. And it was because I decoded Hero. There it is. So she talks about the making of this song in the book. And it was initially written, uh, or, or at least pitched to be written, for the movie Hero, starring Dustin Hoffman. She said... That it was the the meaning of this the movie was explained to her very quickly. It's about a hero who saves people. That's all they told her. I've never seen the movie Hero. I have. Okay, my recollection, Matt. So let's just see. I'm going to say what I remember from trailers, vaguely in my mind, and you tell me how accurate I am. Dustin Hoffman saves somebody, but somebody else, Andy Garcia, gets credit for it. And there's a lady who, in my memory, is foggy. I can't make it out. I want to say Sally Field. That part I don't remember. But okay. yes, there is a plane crash where Dustin Hoffman saves a bunch of people from the plane crash, but doesn't want any credit for it. And Andy Garcia is there, and he gets the credit for saving everybody. And nobody can remember that Dustin Hoffman saved them because there was it was at night. There was too much smoke. Okay. Oh, Gina Davis. There you go. Gina Davis. What? What? What type of picture that is? Gina Davis is like six foot three, right? Dustin Hoffman's like five two. I'm I'm just thinking visually. <laughs> anyway, um, so Mariah wrote this song uh, with her collaborator, and she came up with the general um, melody of the song while walking back from the bathroom inspiration it can strike you at any time it's so true so yeah. true i uh, i do want to mention i do not like this song you don't i knew it when you were like some of these ballads woof i was like first of all ready to drive the eight hours it would take to your house and just <laughs> i wouldn't even strike you but i would just like I would just want to appear at your door and just look at you with a mirror and be like, look at yourself. You mean you don't <laughs> fucking like Hero? Of course you don't like Hero. It's too saccharine. I, too saccharine. 
I feel so strongly that you're wrong. <laughs> but it's because it was such like a formative song for me. It, uh, yeah. I mean, well, the thing that's funny, though, is that in the book, she she never disowns any of her music. But she does make a strong point that she is making the music that she's being told to make or at least to form in a certain direction. And she's looking to go in a different direction. And she often says, like, I didn't just want to make heroes. I just just a notable comment. Hey. Just a notable comment. But the woman never disowns any of her songs. I think she'd agree with you. I think yeah, she'd but, I mean, agree with you. She makes a point. Well, I don't know if she makes the point in the book or not. Or if this is just a random thought I'm having right now that I want right. to attribute to the book. <laughs> I'll, because I'll fact check you. <laughs> fact check me. But I think it is something about that the song the song is 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 out there and then it becomes Oh no, I know what it is. It's I'm thinking of the moment Mariah finds out she's famous. Which is a very weird moment. And I could feel it coming, but it was weird it was weird to basically how she was able how this book was able to, to give us this moment. Because you're going through the book and Mariah is working on her career she's trying to get her demo made then she is now this successful artist and she's winning these grammys and everything but she's not really talking about the fact that she is a famous person and getting the perks of being a famous person she because she's always working she's going from event to event to the recording studio she's moving she's moving she's moving she's making videos she's making appearances and it isn't until the third record around music box she is supposed to be doing a Christmas show. I think it was a Christmas show. And so they were driving her to a theater in upstate New York. And as she was driving there, the streets are empty. She's like, wow. And then as they get closer to the venue, she sees all these police, all these black cars, all of them lined up. And she goes, oh, no. Something happened? Why why are they here? And they go, Because you're here. Because there's all these people to see you. Because you're Mariah fucking Carey. And she goes, Oh shit. <laughs> Wait, I have I have fans? People that are excited? And that is her first experience seeing her fans and being like, Oh my god, because Tommy has kept her walled off. He doesn't know. She doesn't know about the. She knows she's popular, but she doesn't know that she's like connecting with people. She isn't realizing the connection of her music. And in that moment, she's like, "Oh my god, oh shit!" It's an incredible. It's one of the best chapters in the book. That capturing of that. She really, really get that. I mean, it, one of the things where it's like, "What's it like to find out you're famous?" That chapter gets it to you. That's true. She refers to the house that she bought. With Tommy in upstate New York is Sing Sing into prison multiple times. And it sounds like everyone around her was on Tommy's payroll. People were spying on her all the time. She couldn't go anywhere or do anything without it being reported back to him. She was like extremely locked down. So this we're about to move into Daydream which is her next album. So Lauren, before we do, what did Robert think of Music Box? Robert, um, okay, buckle up. Let me read you Robert's review. He gave it a bomb. God, 
Robert's so boldly wrong. So boldly wrong. All right. Now we're moving into... This feels to me like we're really about to get into it. This is like Mariah when I was a tween coming into being a teen here. So this is like... I'm about to go off. So just prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, the next song on number ones is Fantasy, the Bad Boy remix featuring Old Dirty Bastard. Keeping it real, son. That's right. The shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. Uptown in the house. Shallon, are you in the house? Boogie Down, are you in the house? Sacramento in the house. Atlanta, Georgia, are you in the house? West Coast, are you in the house? Japan, are you in the house? Everybody, are you in the house? Baby, baby, come on. Baby, come on. Baby, come on. We got another hit on We here. got another hit on our hands. Matt, I know what you want, and I know what that is, and it's ODB's verse. Yeah. Here we go now. <laughs> Me and Mariah go back like babies with pacifiers. Old dirt dog, no liar. Keep the fantasy hot like fire. <laughs> jump, jump. Let me see you do the stomp. Girls, let me see you shake your rump. Yeah. Fellas, get it from the back and pump. Let's do it, do it, do the whole country. I'm a little bit of rock. Oh. I don't stole the soul. Big letters all big and bold. Old dirty bass all across the globe. How useless is Puff Daddy in this song? Well, <laughs> Puff is the orchestrator here, as we learned. And that is the thing. I I have become, in my later years, a staunch Puff Daddy defender. Um, Because... There is a story. I love to tell this story. Um, I believe it was the making of Jay-Z's American Gangster, in which Jay-Z um, called on Puffy and his Hitman production team to make the beats for that album. And they said, what's it like to be in the studio with Puffy? He says, well, sometimes he's not there. And you'll be working on the beats, and you'll be working on the songs. And then he'll come in just without notice. And he'll say, play me what you got. And I play him, we play him all the stuff we've got. And he listens to it and he goes, make it hotter. And he leaves. And then we do. And I was like, you cannot disagree with the results. 
I mean, I want to turn this into the Puffy Pod. Yeah. But. Making the band. Making the band. More money, more problems. Can nobody hold me down? Been around the world. Uh, Juicy. Mace Harlem World. If you have not listened to Mace Harlem World, you are missing out on an incredible record. And then, I got to bring it up, and then we can get back to Mariah. (laughs) In 2010, Diddy made a record called Diddy Dirty Money, Last Train to Paris. Correct. One of the greatest albums of the last 10 years. No lie. No lie. Wow. And you don't, but you don't like Hero? You don't like you Hero? Haven't, you, haven't, you haven't fucking heard Diddy Dirty Money, all <laughs> okay. right? You haven't, fucking heard, you haven't heard it. You haven't heard it. That's all I'm going to say. You haven't heard the record. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess because it didn't sell $28 million. It didn't. It's an underground classic. That's all I'm going to say. All right. That's fair. All now, I'll, I'll okay. tell you who. You're my favorite. I'll tell you. I, I believe. I actually believe you that it's good. I just want to go on the record and say that. I believe you thank that you. it's good. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody who wasn't a fan Puffy was Tommy Matola. There's a story in the book that somebody asks Mariah at a dinner what she thinks about Bad Boy Records. And she says that she thinks that's where music is going. And Tommy gets up and has a fit and embarrasses her. And that's the night that she's like, I'm not fucking doing this shit anymore. That's her breaking point. I related to that moment so much, just like where you're with this dude and he's wearing you down and he's wearing you down. And then one night he does something that embarrasses you so much. And you're just like, you know what? I'm fucking done. I loved that. I love that. There is another story in the book. And I know we have lots of songs left to go. And God, this is a long episode. There's one more thing that happened in the book that I think is very important. Now, we all remember... What happens when you hear isolated vocals uh, from the isolated scatting that Jonathan Davis did? Mariah Carey tells a story about ODB's verse in this book that she's in bed with Tommy Matola and she gets a message that says, Hey, ODB just did this verse, like, and she listens to it and it's just his vocals. <laughs> And it's just his verse. She's laying in bed next to Tommy Matola, and she says that she's giggling and squealing in delight. And Tommy Matola fucking hates it. He's like, "What is this shit? I can do this in my fucking sleep. What the fuck is this?" Like, I don't know why, but just the image of them in this giant white bedroom and these like. This huge bed so far apart. So many pillows. Just so So many many pillows. pillows. I just, I don't know. I loved the the scenes that this book paints, like you were saying, Lauren. I felt like I was there, and I was so glad to be invited. You were constantly there. You were always being pulled in. One last thing about fantasy. I I do prefer in the original version how the chorus pops. And I do think I would put fantasy as like number two behind Daydream. The fantasy video, both fantasy videos, both original and remix, great videos, Mariah on the roller skates, and oh, yeah. yeah, iconic. And were you guys uh fans of the original song? The uh Tom Tom Club song? I was not familiar with it until years later and then I hearing it separately. Same. But uh yeah. 
but yeah fantasy isn't is a classic as you said jenny it's from daydream daydream at that point was mariah carey's best reviewed album so far in her career why was it so well reviewed well for one robert completely skipped it didn't listen to it at all uh, but that didn't stop it from going diamond in the united states that's right two diamonds in a row and uh it did uh it did 20 million worldwide she's doing well she's doing well and we got another number one to get to here and that is one sweet day with boys to men Come to the dance floor now. How about those five year and less? <laughs> Disrespecting one sweet day. Oh, 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 let me tell you. Oh. Let let them get to it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Ten years, Mary. Ten years. you would wedding dance to an in memoriam right that's Um, one thing (laughs) well let me tell you um i'm just gonna say it the idiots in my senior class we had to pick a class song fall of 1999 all of us in the student senate i'll try to pick a song we're throwing songs out i'm thinking all the bangers i know and i'm like they're never gonna vote for these motherfuckers so I think the the only rockin' song was Silver Chair Anthem for the year 2000. I think it was the only <laughs> rockin' song that got on the ballot. Oh my god. And it, 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 it wasn't rockin'. It wasn't even I don't even think it was my pick. I think it was somebody else like threw it out there and I was like, "Well, I'll support that." Our class fucking song ended up being Boys to Men End of the Road. That's a great song. That song is about fallen civil rights leaders so when they played it at my senior breakfast because no one had listened to the entire song in their fucking life they're running pictures of everybody through the four years of high school that we're in sitting there doing goofball shit and if anyone who's ever listened to all of the end of the road knows at the end of the song the deep voice guy in boys to men starts shouting out dead civil rights leaders and the class president hopped in the mic and went Whoa, what's going on here? Start the song over. <laughs> they started the song over again. Because 
Brittany and Dave joking around at the senior car wash while Malcolm X, we will never forget you. <laughs> it's like, could no, have been a, you it could have been a learning it. moment. Could have been a learning so, moment. So I'd say somebody playing one sweet day, which fact check alert, that sweet day is the day that you are also dead to see the person you're missing. Correct. Yes. This is the day that, of your ascension. Yes, yes. That's the sweet day when you also fucking ate it so shuffle up this <laughs> that's floor. right so uh so this being played at a wedding yeah because you can look your beloved in the eye and say you're gonna die first and then i'll see you later <laughs> my prayer is that you die first. i hope you die first and i'll see you later on one sweet day when i fucking die <laughs> Jenny, I don't even think we talked about this, and I don't remember because at your wedding I was a bit in the cups. What Mariah songs got got uh, got played? I can't remember either. Okay, we I know that some did. I don't know which ones. One sweet day was not one of them. <laughs> Though, if it were, I wouldn't be mad because I do love this song. So you would have you said, Mitch, one sweet day, we're both gonna be fucking dead. <laughs> There were a lot of uh, strong group sing-along <laughs> moments at my wedding, and I feel like this would have lended to that. And we could have all just said, you know, let's just face mortality, whatever. We're here. We're celebrating. Look death right Yeah, now. let's, one, one day, you know, that wasn't day. the theme of my wedding, but it could have been. One, one day, Mitch, you and I are both fucking going to be where mate. One fucking sweet day. <laughs> For some reason, I always thought that this song was written as a response to the Oklahoma City bombing. That is false. But if somebody that is had, false. if somebody had put me on the stand and been like, "What is one sweet day about?" I would have been like, "Oklahoma City well, bombing." <laughs> I would have. I would have sworn. I would have sworn uh, that that's what it's about. It is not. Yeah, I was gonna say this is about um, this is about the the, the joining their loved ones in heaven. The, that well, that's also about um the CNC Music Factory guy dying. Yeah, here it is. After Carrie's friend and past collaborator David Cole of CNC Music Factory died, she began writing and developing a song that would pay homage to him and all the friends and family her fans had lost along life's journey. Yeah, there you go. I love the song. Had this single. Bought this CD single. Listen to it. Got some sweet B-sides on there, I bet. I can't remember. But I loved it. And I still do. The One Sweet Day Rock Remix. (laughs) This song was... uh, We should should not forget. This song was incredibly popular. It was, until last year, the longest-running number one song in the history of the chart. Ran for 16 weeks. It was the uh, number one song. So 16 weeks. People were like, Holy cow. Give me that sweet day. Just one? How about 16 weeks of one? So there you have it. It was um, very popular. Jenny, I did not watch this video. Mm. Well, it's them in the studio. Okay. How are the eyebrows? We haven't talked about the brows. In a uh, this is a troubling time for the brows. They're okay, but they're definitely living in, in 95 and 96. That's a time that a lot of us took our brows to a place that they couldn't bounce back from. 
Mm. I wasn't allowed to pluck my eyebrows, and I hated my mom for it, but today I thank her. Overplucking, because she overplucked. Okay. As a child of the 70s, she was like, don't overpluck, because you're going to be screwed. And I was like, whatever, mom. You know, look, probably looking at Mariah's brows at this time. Not looking at them as a cautionary tale. But they're definitely... I don't think Mariah ever had... Mariah does have real tough brows. There's like a, a crime against... <laughs> there's a capital brow crime coming later. But mm. I think right now we're just in like the, the, mid, the mid to late 90s brows. So. All right. We've got one more song from Daydream. And... No surprise, it's a banger. Always be my baby. So if I'm doing my Mariah ranking, number one, Dream Lover. Number two, Fantasy. Number three, Always Be My Baby. Easy. It's a pop. It's a banger. Love it. It's great. Also, this is the start of the Mariah Bangs era in the video. Yes. Uh, we got the swoop. So. The, swoop. the swoop. I wrote, this it, is... I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> we got swoop bangs. <laughs> we do have swoop bangs. They're very distinct. This is also the beginning of her longtime collaboration with Jermaine Dupree. Indeed. A very fruitful collaboration and this song i remember i remember hearing this one and you know we we'd come off of 16 fucking weeks of one sweet day and i may have been thinking i don't know if i'm here for my care anymore not that i was ever like here but you know whatever but then i see this video i mean once again it's so weird how now I'm aware of like release dates and release of like singles and anticipation and countdown clocks and everything. And back then it was just like one day you'd get home, you'd turn on MTV and it was like new Mariah. She's got swoop bangs. She's swinging on a swing over the water. And you're like, okay, new era. Let's go. I was like, okay, this one I like. This one I like. So I've always, I, the, the, I watched the video for this one. Took me right back. I remembered everything. 
And it's funny how there's uh, Mariah, for a lot of these, does not get caught up in high concept. It's like very simple. I'm going to be swinging on a swing over the water at, at, the, at camp. And that's it. That's it. And that's all you need. Jenny, always be my baby. Where, where, where's it rank for you? That's definitely, that's got to be a top five. Top five. Another top five. Another top five. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. And that, that wraps up that album. That does wrap up Daydream. As you said, Robert did not review Daydream, but he did review number ones, the first best of that Mariah made. And he gave it a scissor and he cut out one song, that song, Fantasy, featuring ODB. So I'm guessing if you were to make a Robert best of Mariah list, number one would be Fantasy featuring ODB. That's a safe bet. There you go. All right. We are moving on to a new era of Mariah. She's starting to explore creatively. She's realized that she has these fans. She's realized that she's over Tommy's shit. They're still together. But she loves drop D tuning in seven strings. <laughs> right. Here this it is, is baby. Where, this is where it all happens. Uh, we're moving on to the album Butterfly and the first single, Honey. listen to this whole song right now. <laughs> i know jenny i know you could i know you could murders the song murders i remember when this video and song came out when i was in high school and some someone in a class i think it was a girl was like have you heard the new mariah song she's like yeah she's black now <laughs> and i was like what what and then i and then my mother was like i remember my mother i don't know just telling me offhandedly yeah my carry is black she always was but this seemed to be i don't know she was on she's making songs with diddy so now it's like wait a minute oh my carry is black 
The 90s were wild. The 90s were wild. Yeah. The 90s were... Uh, the 90s were rough in a lot of ways, I would say. <laughs> I, to Look. They the 20, were wild. The 2020s are, are rough in a lot of ways, too. They are. They are. I do remember this being a very, very distinct shift. Both in the tone of the music and her look. Like, you go from, like, fantasy, like, all right, like, she's definitely, like, she's a beautiful woman throughout. Dream lover, you get, like, a very cute, sexy look. I feel like you're getting cute, sexy in all of this. Honey is just like, oh, oh, Mariah Carey is, like, a gorgeous woman. Like, holy shit, like, this video... The top of it is some weird, awkward spy thing with Eddie Griffin doing something weird. Very bad. But then Mariah basically like tricks these dummies, runs away in stilettos, rips her clothes off and is in this like tan bikini, hops into a pool. It's a great video. We have a weird dancing sailor moment that I really appreciate. We're still the brows are medium here, I would say. I don't know. This video you can definitely feel that she is so deliberately going in a different direction and it feels so much more like watching this video, it feels a lot more authentic. It feels a lot more like she's actually having fun. Like, you can see in the way that she's, like, using her body and moving her body in this video. It it reads as though she's feeling a lot more confident and, like, fully embodying who she is. Um, I love Honey. I love this video. This might be... There's one other video of hers that I think I might like just a little more than Honey. But this is right up there. I fucking love Honey big fan of honey this one's a real good one i think i like honey more as time has gone on i remember at the time i was i mean i yeah i mean it was like i didn't think it was as good as fantasy and dream lover and so those those are my high watermarks and so also i think at the time this sound diddy coming on a track and just whispering something for a second it was everywhere so it didn't feel like hearing it now, I I have more affection for it, but then it felt like it was of a piece with what was happening. So it didn't pop the way those other songs did. Like I didn't I didn't know anybody else who had any other dream lovers in their pocket, but but Honey kind of felt with a lot of the other things that people were doing at the time. But still, enjoyable track. All right. Up next, we've got another song from Butterfly. This is my all. Give my 
Matt, I have a question yeah. for you. Yep. Who do you think this song is about? <laughs> Give me a okay. second. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No. No, but you, no, it rhymes. <laughs> sort of. Song is about the song is about Derek Jeter. Jeter. <laughs> yeah, I I have to be honest, like this song, I always thought it was like pretty good song. It never really captured me. Um I think she has a lot more songs that are sort of in this vein that that I gravitate more toward, but in this book, she talks about this like very strong connection she has with Derek Jeter. This is while she's still married to Tommy Matola and this connection she makes with Derek Jeter and their their flirtation and getting to know each other is kind of like the catalyst that that makes her feel strong enough to actually get a divorce and move on from this. And <laughs> I just can't believe this fucking song is about Derek Jeter. <laughs> There are numerous songs on Butterfly about Derek, Derek Jeter. Rooftop, which is not on this album, and is, I believe, considered amongst the lambs as top tier Mariah song, is all about her moment with Derek Jeter where they went onto his rooftop suite in New York, and it started raining, and they were basically, I don't know, like making out in the rain, basically? But there is a key thing here is that, as I said before, in these other songs she's writing, she's like, I was always writing fiction. I'm talking about dream lovers. You're making me feel emotions, all general emotions. So she's not singing about Tommy on any of those songs. But here, she's singing about somebody. And they're play, they play the songs. And Tommy says, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I believe the quote is, I'm glad to see you're so inspired. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's, it's, uh, he, he, he could tell he's a professional. He's, he's a legend in the business. He knew, he knew he could hear, he could hear, he could hear the tone change. And, um, yeah, it was surprising. This was the fifth single off of butterfly. Only two number ones off of butterfly butterfly selling 5 million copies in America. But it makes sense because I think she the, the the move here is that she is not it's not so much that the albums are less popular, but she is deciding to not make music for everyone. She's starting to hone in on her personal interests. And when you do that, you're going to appeal to a smaller group of people. And that's fine, I think. You know? Still a hit. Number one. Ten million all over the world. So, there you go. Uh, Robert, skip this one, too. Yes, he did. Rip, Robert. How sad. All right. Well, we're about to move on to another album. This is Mariah. I believe this is our first fully divorced from Tommy Matola, Mariah, that we get. I believe you're right. The timeline of things. And the single that we're, the first single we're going to talk about from Rainbow is Heartbreaker. Featuring Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh. 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 
like this. You almost gotta watch it. Uh-huh. Jenny, uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on Heartbreaker? I love Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker hit when I was in, I want to say, 10th-ish grade. I was around 14, 15 when this song was released. It was just, it's just like so of a time for me. This video especially, I think this is probably my favorite Mariah video. I remember watching this video and like the the video is that Mariah goes to a movie theater with her girlfriends and she knows her boyfriend is cheating on her. And they're like, we're going to like catch him. We're going to get him. And at the time, that was like all I did with my friends was go to the movies. Like we'd go in groups. That would totally be a place I'd go to catch my boyfriend cheating on me. Uh, this video, I, I just think it's like iconic. Um the choreography looked so doable to me as well. <laughs> I really doable. felt like I could dance. Uh, I totally forgot that Jerry O'Connell was in this video. He plays the cheating boyfriend to Mariah Carey's alter ego, Bianca, who is just Mariah Carey in a dark wig, which is like my favorite alter ego of anybody. It's just them in a long, dark wig. Uh, I love this song. I love this video. I probably only have one spot left in my top five, but I think I'd have to give it to Heartbreaker. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I do agree this is a great video. I would say of all the Mariah Carey videos that I watched for this episode, she is definitely hottest in this video. It's um, And it was one of those things that I'd forgotten the whole evil Mariah part with the Bianca character. So when she's in the car... And they're like, he's in there and he's cheating on you. And then she gets out of the car and walks to the box office and then turns around. And I went, who the, he's cheating? She has never looked better than this moment. Who could this idiot possibly be with? And he's who he was with evil Mariah. And I was like, okay, it makes, okay, I'll justify it. The only person you can <laughs> cheat, cheat on her with is herself. It's herself. Evil sir, yourself. And then they have a fight in the bathroom that is pretty legit pretty legit fight i gotta say i have to say though that this is where i started to check out a mariah carey and the reason why this song uses the exact same sample as fantasy it feels like fantasy part it feels like i don't even feel like it feels like fantasy this feels like if if we talked about it in the ministry episode somebody coming to 
to Mariah Carey and being like, uh, can you give us, we love fantasy. We love fantasy. Can you give us a Mariah Carey song? We just want Mariah to be Mariah. And she was like, well, I'm really into dub right now. And they were like, no, we don't want that. And then she just gave them fantasy with one note changed. This just feels like fantasy. I don't understand. It's It hadn't even been that long since fantasy. And this felt like a weird self-cannibalization. And so I've never, I've always been baffled by it because I just hear fantasy and this always seems like a lesser fantasy to me. So I've never understood the choice. So it's not bad. It's certainly a bop. If I hear it, I'm not like upset about it, but I always am just like, I don't understand the decision to use the same sample in such a similar way. That is my critique. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I felt the same way, but damn, it's good. I'm ready. All right. Up next, we've got Thank God I Found You, featuring Joe and 98 Degrees. All right. Now, could we please get the newlyweds back out on the floor? All the married couples out on the floor. Children on the floor. You bring a dog? Bring the dog out on the floor. Drifters out on the floor, please. Hustlers and grifters out onto the floor. All the ladies. All the fellas. All the people that don't give a fuck out on the floor. Out on the floor. Very Casey and JoJo hook. I'm gonna say it in the same way that that Heartbreaker is trying to be Fantasy Part Two. This is trying to be One Sweet Day Part Two, and I'm not here for it. I, I will, don't understand. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a miss. I have very little recollection of the song, and I was like, why, why, what happened here? And then I looked at when it was released. It was released on January 25th, 2000. You know where I was at that time? I was in Limp Biscuit at that time. Woo! I was gone. I was gone. Also, I know the song was like a number one. I watched this video. It. I laughed so fucking hard just remembering what a bunch of dorks 98 degrees were. Like, Joe is sweet. I'll listen to Joe any day. Love it. 98 degrees, though? Oh, man. We gotta uninvite those guys. They're so fucking corny. Nick Lachey is such a piece of shit. Like... <laughs> the thing the thing about 98 degrees, they were always like a D-tier group because those motherfuckers right. couldn't even dance. You got NSYNC and Backstreet Boys putting in the goddamn work. All right? And then here's 98 degrees, who I think thought they were third place. But get the fuck out of here. B.B. Mac at least had a guitar. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I got to say, and I won't stay long because I know we got a lot more to do here. (laughs) But I read Jessica Simpson's autobiography. It's very worth reading. It's very good. Nick Lachey was such a dick to her about like signing this like prenup because he's like, look, I'm going to make a lot more money than you. I'm a bigger star than you. And then she fucking eclipsed and left his ass. And I was like... 
leave, girl. Get out of there. Great wow. autobiography. Much better than you'd expect. Jessica Simpson's autobiography. You know, I think I think Rachel read that one and she just came to me and she was like, John Mayer is a piece of shit. That was like the first thing she said to me. 100 percent She was like, whoa, oh. I was like, hello to you as well. Yeah. <laughs> she names names and also brings receipts. <laughs> so uh what did Robert think of Rainbow? Uh, Robert said, not a real R&B thrush, but good enough to fake it. And then he gave it two stars, whatever that means. And he picked two songs that he liked, Heartbreaker and Crybaby. So Robert had no issue with the um, reuse of the sample. Okay. So something happens here. We jump from Rainbow and then... We have several years that we don't hear from Mariah. <laughs> the Emancipation of Mimi is the next thing that we'll talk about on this album. I do want to say what happened here was 9-11 and Glitter at the same time. Yeah. So Mariah's going through a lot with the process of making Glitter. Glitter was supposed to have been made in 1998, she decided to focus on other things. And so Glitter does not get made until 2000, 2001. And she said it was supposed to be a very gritty film. It's supposed to be a very uh, dark film about uh, the world of music world, but also integrating things from her own life. And she said, we just kept getting studio notes and studio notes and studio notes. And what it ultimately ended up being was not what she intended. Jenny, you watched this film. You texted me you were watching this film, and thus I felt obligated to also watch this film. This film is bad. <laughs> I was stunned by its badness, stunned by how bored I was, stunned by how bad, really the worst thing in this film, Mariah Carey's not great in it, but the worst thing in this film is the editing. The, this is one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen. There is a sequence in which Max Beasley <laughs> and Terrence Howard walk across a room to talk they cut four times of the same shot because they realized their journey across the room would be too long and nothing was happening. So they just smash cut it, but it's not a style move. It's a, it's a, it's a purely speed situation. And it really was interesting to see how it just became a star is born, but with all of the sketchy details removed. So, it's pretty it's it's sort of clear to me that her mother is a drug addict, but the best we get is her just dozing off for no apparent reason. And burning <laughs> and the house said, down. And burning the house down. Yeah. And and then there's just a lot of just it feels like we're just missing chunks of movie. And then Mariah Carey, who talks about how she's been working with a acting coach and trying to really get somewhere, it feels like she's just being carted through the movie from scene to scene. And the moment a scene starts, you can already feel like everyone's like, we got to we gotta end this thing. What did we do? We're making a move. No, we got to end this scene as fast as you can. Whatever you can do. This movie is set in 1983. At, never at any point does it look like 1983. I did not believe them. At one point, Eric Benet shows up. And I'm pretty sure he's wearing the clothes he showed up to on set. And... It it was uh, it's an astonishingly bad movie, with 
very i i don't know for for there's always like the so bad it's good watch with your friends i don't know it's just bad all around i did not have a good time watching glitter the music pretty good pretty good songs in there she covers um i didn't mean to turn you on which um i forget who the origin original person is who sang that song i know it from the robert palmer cover music in the movie pretty good Jenny, what did you think of Glitter? As a person who has a deep and abiding love of Lifetime movies, I didn't think this was that bad. I thought that this was definitely a Lifetime movie. I will, the editing was absolutely atrocious. I didn't believe anything of Mariah Carey's relationship with the DJ Dice or whatever his name was. I did not care about that relationship. When they broke up, I was like, good. And when he got shot, I was like, who cares? Spoiler, you're fine. Um, like, <laughs> it wasn't a great movie. I don't think it was as bad as people said. The editing was completely insane. And I think that's why people said it was as bad as it was. But Mariah's performance, I remember people really, really trashing her for it. I really don't think it was that bad. It's that bad. Uh, I disagree. Watch is, everybody after you listen to this three hour episode of Road Coach, watch Glitter and report back. It's on HBO Max. And it's, I, I felt that, yes, yeah, she's just sort of like nodding through scenes and smiling through scenes. And uh, some of, but it also felt like nobody knew, like nobody knew what to do. None of the actors knew what to do. There is a scene where she is all confused. Everyone's confused. No one knows if they're supposed to be broad or they're supposed to be small. And so you have Debrat and this other woman are Mariah's best friends and her dancers. And you can tell that I guess the direction was you're the comic relief. You're sort of goofy. But then everyone else is irritated by them. And so they don't seem to really be funny. They're just irritating people. And so at one point, they're kicked off a video set for being irritating. And I was like, yeah, this is a smart move. You better get them out of here. They're pretty irritating. And then the doozy of the moment is when you realize the entire movie takes place over, I think, three months. And it's supposed to be uh, Mariah Carey's character, Billy. Is it Billy? Yeah. Or Bobby? Billy. Billy. Billy goes from obscurity to selling out Madison Square Garden in a matter of, yeah, months. Incredible. And, but she's also seemingly unaware and just sort of wandering around, walking the streets. She's She can fill Madison Square Garden and she's walking around New York City and no one says a thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very bad film. And I did not enjoy it. I will say this marks a time when Mariah does kind of her constant years of work and work and work and not dealing with her shit does catch up to her around this time. There's a whole controversy in this movie where she wanted a very specific sample for one of the songs. She gets she secures the rights to it. Then Sony because this She's moved on from Sony at this point because she wanted to get away from Tommy. But this movie was made under a a Sony imprint or something. I'm not 100% clear on that. But it has ties to Sony. So they're purposely messing with her through this, including 
giving that sample to Jennifer Lopez, which is, of course, maybe the most famous Mariah Shea to saying, I don't know her about uh, Jennifer Lopez, but it's because kind of Sony has like latched onto her as the replacement for Mariah takes the sample. She's supposed to be collaborating with Ja Rule and Glitter. He goes and collaborates with J-Lo. It's just like a very sketchy situation. Now, I'd say she came out ahead on the, the Ja Rule thing. <laughs> he didn't... <Yeah. laughs> things didn't come out too well there. She didn't have to do a fire festival. No, exactly. but, but this yeah. turns into her needing to seek help, kind of some final betrayals with her family, uh, her needing to rest, and a lot of publicly somewhat embarrassing things but it does lead us to the next album on the I do want I do want to mention real quick mm-hmm. the section in which she goes through her breakdown where she is attempting to get rest she cannot get rest it is this chapter in which Mariah just needs to get some fucking sleep and she can't find anywhere to sleep she can't sleep at her house so she goes to her hotel they find her a hotel she can't sleep at the hotel. She's told, you need to go to your mom's house. She goes to her mom's house. She can't even sleep at her mom's house. She has a blow up with her mom. Her mom calls the police. The police take Mariah away. They say, we're going to take you to a facility. She goes there. It's basically a rehab slash prison place that she says she didn't even agree to. They put her in there. She can't even sleep there. Then while she's there, she walks out, looks at the TV, two towers going down she's like jesus oh my god things are terrible can i just get some sleep and i gotta tell you this section of the book when you are done with it you feel mariah's exhaustion i have not felt that level of exhaustion from page to to person since i read tom wolf's a man in full which has a section in which a man has to run down the street to attempt to get his car which has been impounded and it is written so vividly that by the time you're at the end of the chapter, you are covered in sweat. And I would I would put Mariah's breakdown chapter up against it. Hardcore. All right. So we are, Mariah got some rest. We are now on to The Emancipation of Mimi, which is released in 2005. Uh, and the next song on this record is We Belong Together.
Wow, we are uh, we are uh, we, I, we have eaten too much Mariah. I, uh, I'm having just enough. This is my favorite Mariah Carey song. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think this is the best. I think this might be the best breakup song. This song captures a mood and a moment so vividly. We kind of tuned out when we started to get there, but when she has the whole bit about like, I can't sleep at night because you're still on my mind, Bobby Womack's on the radio. She changes the station. It's baby face. She can't get away. She can't sleep because she's missing this person so much. Everything she fucking turns on just reminds her of having her heart broken. This song, this is my number one Mariah Carey song. Boom. Wow. There we go. I uh, I have no attachment <laughs> to this era of Mariah Carey. When this song came out, this is 2005. I am, I'm, I I can tell you what I'm listening to. Slater, Kenny, The Woods, Block Party, Silent Alarm, Nine Inch Nails with Teeth, Queens of Stone Age, Lullabies to Paralyze. I'm not here for this. And listening to it now, I mean, clearly I missed the boat because this this song. I mean, I've been listening to it all week, and it does nothing for me. I just it doesn't grab me in any particular way. I don't. I don't know why. It feels. I don't know. It just feels kind of feels kind of generic to me. I can't explain it. And especially considering her other collaborations with Jermaine Dupree, this. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I just. Uh, I don't really have any great affection for it. I don't think it's bad. Yeah, for me, I would. Uh, this this just feels kind of kind of mid to me. I mean, do I like it better than you know, one sweet day? I'll see you again when we're both dead. I mean, yeah, I like it better than that song, but yeah, this doesn't doesn't do much for me. Uh, the music video was interesting to see Eric Roberts being left at the altar for Wentworth Miller, and I realized Eric Roberts was basically playing the bad guy in both this and Mr. Brightside, so he was having quite the run in the early two thousands. He's also a very very uh, consistent bad guy in Lifetime movies. Oh, well, there you go. Well, he's got that face that is, like, supercilious. He does. Like he's always trying to get over on you. Mm-hmm. I uh, I met him at a comic book convention in 2010, right before Expendables came out, in which he is the bad guy. And it was by far the greatest celebrity experience of my life. It will never be topped. He was incredible. That's Merrick Roberts' short story. The short version, because we're deep in the woods here. <laughs> I got to tell you, in 2005, I certainly wasn't listening to a lot of radio pop music, but I just think this song is a absolutely wonderful R&B song. We belong together forever. Mariah snuck it in. She snuck it in. It's too good. It's too good for us. Now we've got another song from The Emancipation of Mimi, and that is Don't Forget About Us. Don't forget about us. Don't, baby, don't, baby, don't let it go. Don't baby, don't baby, don't get it now. Don't baby, don't baby, don't let it go. Mm-hmm. Baby. Yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> Just let it die with no goodbyes. Details don't matter. We both pay the price. Tears in my eyes. You know sometimes it be like that, baby. Yeah. Now every time I see. 
So I did not know that this was not on the original version of The Emancipation of Mimi. This was on the deluxe reissue version. And ultra, ultra platinum, ultra edition. platinum edition. And I believe the reason it wasn't on the original version is that it's basically the exact same song as We Belong Together. And when they put it out, everyone was like, oh, cool. Whoa. We belong together again. I'll take it. I mean, it worked with Heartbreaker from Fantasy. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a lesser version of We Belong Together. I think you're having difficulty take. distinguishing between R&B songs, Lauren. <laughs> Woo! Well, this here's the thing. Here's the thing. I went back and I was like, am I being too harsh on this? And then I went back and I was like, there are a bunch of Mariah Carey songs that are not on this compilation that I know were very popular throughout this era. And I went back and listened to them. And the one that I that was stuck out with me is this album, is the song she made with uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony called Breakdown. And that song is great. And while there is a, a sound that's similar... I mean, it, it still was its own thing. It has its own unique sonic qualities. Don't forget about us. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know. It just sounds like. I remember when I heard this song in 2005, 2006, and thinking, this is pretty generic. This is not really bringing anything new to the table. This just sounds. It sounds like we belong together. It's a lesser version. Of we belong together. That's where I. That's where I stand. She looks great in the video, though. Looks incredible. Well, this video is where she commits the capital crime of getting outbrowed by the man in the video. When you see their brows this, side to side, it's a cri- It's a brow crime. Is is this the guy in the car? Is like necking with her? Yes. Yes, that dude had some some incredible brows for sure. He really did. Now Robert didn't have anything to say. About the emancipation of Mimi. So we're... Skipped it. Skipped it. So now we're moving on to E equals MC squared. And we've got one single from that record, which is Touch My Body. Jenny, thoughts on Touch My Body? I think this is a fun bop. It's not one of my favorite Mariah Carey songs, but I do think that when you think about the fact that this came out, I think, in 2008, I want to say. You are correct. So this is 
18 years into her putting out music and the fact that she can pull this off i do think she pulls this off that's incredible because she is like there's nothing about this that reads as like you're way too old to be doing this this is weird this video is not my favorite brett ratner directed (laughs) it which is a little bit of a yikes and there's this weird nerd situation going on with jack mcbrayer it's very funny but uh But she just like the fact that she is still doing it and doing it at this level is super fucking impressive to me. Uh, So don't look into it too deep. But Brett Ratner, I think, has directed the majority of the videos for Mariah. Uh Uh, He was her go to guy for a really long time. Listen, listen, you got to deal with these things. okay? you know, you just when you watch Rush Hour or Rush Hour 2, or Rush Hour 3. Just don't think about the fact of who's behind the camera. Just enjoy the antics of our of our guys. All right? Just enjoy hey, it. I have a quick cue. Oh, Matt. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Matt. Hey, guys. How respectful of our time is this? Uh, this album comes in at a, a crispy 79.39. 79. This might actually be our longest episode. Uh, we're getting, we're close. We're getting there. I, I will say about touch my body is that I remember when it came out, I thought it was a nice bop. It is, uh, co-written, co-produced by one of my favorites, the dream. I love the dream. The dreams love trilogy, love, hate, love versus money. And love King is personal. Love King is, is a top five, top 10 album for me. So this is basically Mariah doing the dream song, just a lot less raunchy. And so I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a fine time. I, you know, yeah, she totally integrates with the sound here. So it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like somebody past their prime trying to jump on a trend. It just, you know, it's, it, it's a perfect, perfect integration. And um, yeah, I mean, we should mention, I mean, Mariah's goof around. She's having a good time because Mariah is a jokester she loves to joke she loves to prank she loves to have a laugh she talks about it a lot in the book that is true now we have one song left or oh wait i'm so sorry robert did talk about e equals mc squared he did he did he gave it a scissors and he cut one song and that song was touch my body there we go now this this is sort of a a fizzle of an end here, uh, not because of the song, but just because of how it actually did. So number one to infinity uh, is with many number one albums. They'll tack on a couple new tracks. This is a new track. It's called Infinity. Here we go. That you don't already know. Close the door, lose the key, leave 
To infinity. To infinity. Jenny, take us home on your thoughts on infinity. Um, so this was added and this album was released in support of Mariah having a residency at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace in Vegas. She went around and performed this song. I actually love this song. It's super different than anything else that I had heard from Mariah. And I thought she really pulled it off. I I really enjoyed this. Now I will say it peaked at 82 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is a bum when you consider that all of these other songs were number ones. But I really actually like this song quite a bit. What did you all think? I thought it was surprisingly good. I was not prepared. When, uh, When I first heard this song, I was in traffic and this thing came on and i was like whoa hello this is a powerful ending to this album she's really going for it and so yeah i i enjoyed this one i thought it was a, honestly a, a pretty solid way to go to for, to take the record home the music video is interesting because initially it feels like it's just an ad for the vegas show and it, you feel like at first you're just going to be seeing a bunch of clips but then you realize there's like a storyline of mariah trying to find someone on a dating app which mariah carey showing up on a dating app incredible and then a bunch of guys show up to her door one of them is famed model tyson beckford and he doesn't isn't wearing a shirt and he does that what's it called i don't know nipple dance or whatever he can make his pecs his <laughs> call pecs it the move. nipple dance sure i call it the nipple dance yeah and she's not impressed she shuts the door in his face and then just a generic guy shows up she's like i'm not interested in you and then famed famed controversial subject jussie smollett shows up with a little dog and she's like great i'll take the little dog and then he's like hey what the heck but then she eventually gets into a car with him and drives away and i was like wow that is aged weird so a fun video you get to see a lot of mariah's penthouse and everything and all of her shoes and clothes and which are also talked about a lot in the book and uh a fun old time matt infinity Yo. infinity i mean she if only <laughs> after that many years in the game we, you could make another song that you can dance to and enjoy as much as that one if only if only uh is it peak mariah mm, no. no but are you are you satisfied as a longtime fan i think you are and you're not gonna be mad about it you're not gonna be mad about yeah, it you're not gonna be mad about it you're if not, you are yeah calm yourself so that is the album number one to infinity and now we're <laughs> holy shit (laughs) holy holy shit all right we're at the end we're at the end here it's it's uh uh it was what are we calling this gift talk hit talk gift gift talk talk. at this point i don't even know Uh, i don't know we're gonna go gift talk. we're gonna go gift talk jenny we're gonna start with you this was your (laughs) gift to all of us talk uh, talk to us about it I feel like I have been for about three hours. <laughs> I have yeah. to say, I knew it would take a while to get through it. I didn't realize it would take so long. So I, I do hope you enjoyed the gift. 
I just think Mariah Carey is like an iconic and enduring artist. And like to think about the fact that like through this whole progression, we're talking about the first Corrin record came out. We had like this like surge of like new metal popularity. New metal went away. New metal started to resurge all within the time it took us to record this episode. And also <laughs> when this was coming out. So I just... I don't know. I think that thinking about like somebody's career and popularity in that way, as we're so often talking about a very different genre, uh, something that is interesting to me because I have like a very deep fondness for both. Thank you for listening to Mariah Carey with me. I, these songs, a lot of them mean quite a bit to me and I love them. And uh, I'm curious, how was this gift received gentlemen? Uh, I will say uh, this was an interesting experience, a mostly enjoyable one, especially with reading the book. The book was a very pleasant surprise. I very much enjoyed reading the book and learned a lot. You know, I, I think the one, the thing with any Mariah Carey compilation is that the, the feeling is you always want to go with the number ones, the ones that were the most popular. Those are the ones, obviously, the most people wanted to hear. Those are the number ones. But I did have these thoughts a few times that I was like, man, these number ones are the most popular, but the best songs that I remember, like the ones I'm going to cite are Breakdown and The Roof. Those are, especially Breakdown. Breakdown, when I went back, I was like, ooh, this one, I, I wish that one was on this record. That's, that's a really great Mariah Carey song. Uh, but this was only about the biggest. So... It gives you an overview, but it did it did make me think that like I know there are some deep cuts. And reading the book, I mean, she cites everything, so she isn't just talking about her hits all the time. She's talking about uh, the 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 deep cuts and, and things like that. So uh, overall, though, I had I had a good time. I had a good time. Uh, glitter is terrible, though. Um, Matt, hey, hey, let's get to it. Mariah Carey. Has never been an artist that I've ever bought an album of. I knew like 90% of these songs. That's how powerful her music is. It cuts through everything and it gets to you. An absolute joy to hear ODB on Fantasy. Oh, what a. That song rules. A lot of these songs rule. Plus, weddings and high school dances are forever changed because of Mariah Carey. The fun part is, because this was so popular, it gave a lot of people something to go in the opposite direction of. Maybe some angsty, big, panted, wallet chain wearing knuckleheads that we've talked about in the, in the past on this show. So I think her impact on the show is a lot bigger than even we recognize. Absolutely. That's true. I will say my favorite thing about Mariah Carey, through all the shit she went through, she always was very clear on that she could fucking do this. She was going to be successful. She wrote her own songs. She produced her own songs. Like, that's impressive to me. She was always like, yeah, I'm fucking Mariah Carey. Probably wasn't great to be around sometimes. <laughs> Is anybody who's like, yeah, this is who the fuck I am. But I love her. And I think Matt's right. She probably is responsible for a new metal completely. Absolutely. So there you have it. That is the end of the episode and the end of our greatest hits 
uh, month of sorts. Uh, of course, there's still some days left, and that means we've got something special coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to get right back into the thick of it, and I think you're going to like it a lot. But thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're Roach Coach and all of those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know where you weigh in on the great sample debate, fantasy versus butter, uh, versus. What the fuck was that song called? Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. <laughs> oh, boy. It's all Forget right. It. Oh it's boy. okay. It's time. It's time to go. It's time to go. Until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt. Matt. Thank you. You. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I didn't mean it when I said I didn't love you so I should have held on tight, I never should have let you go I didn't know nothing, I was stupid, I was foolish, I was lying to myself